On today's episode of Brooklyn Banter, Matt and I discuss the Nets game in Paris against the Cavaliers. Then we get into what the Nets should do with the trade deadline coming up. The game against the Cavs wasn't a fun one to watch, so we're not in the best mood. But thank you all for listening. Uh, Today's episode was a good one. Please follow us on all socials. And now, let the banter begin. Welcome back to Brooklyn Badger. Today is Thursday, January 11th, and Matt and I are recording right after the Nets versus Cavaliers game in Paris. The main takeaway from this game is that the Nets are a horrible basketball team. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was really excited for this game, 2 p.m. on a Thursday, way to kill the day, and um, the Nets just killed my entire mood for the rest of the night, really. I mean, it's just, it, it's just so frustrating, game after game, coming out so flat and it just doesn't make sense i mean we complained about you know the the lineups or cam thomas this or cam thomas that he's just sitting on the bench while the game starts and thank god for him went after he came in a little bit there and to start but it's just another frustrating game to start uh or i guess to end the week um we don't play until monday now i just, just i was gonna say like regarding the starts i don't know how jock Vaughn just lets this continuously happen over and over and over again i mean there should be quick quick pulls in the first quarter this team has continuously got off to such slow starts and in uh, the first quarter of this game we were down 26 to 16 at the end of it and i'm pretty sure we were down like 16 to 2 or something like that uh, i'm not sure if that was right but we got off to an extremely slow start and it's just been the theme for this team all season and it's unacceptable i mean I don't know what these guys are doing for the three days like prior to the game. Are they not getting ready for the game? I mean, I know the social media is posting that they're having these intense practices and having these tough conversations, and then they come out and they shit the bed. So I mean, do you have any thoughts on, like, on, I guess? Yeah, it, just, it, it makes no sense. I'm, 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 I'm reading, I'm reading uh, well, I was reading some of the uh, post-game uh, quotes from uh, Jack Vaughn, and, and Dinwiddie had to get an IV before the game. Why, why is he starting? Like why is he starting? And now you have now and now he's saying that now he's saying Dorian Finney Smith is, is getting a, a, an IV post game. Why are these guys starting if there's an illness spreading around the team? Like, I mean, we just went through a whole pandemic. And it, like, sit these guys out. It's not that important. And and it's and. Not- and and the it's fans not like Spencer Dinwiddie makes our team that much better, and he's sick, and we're starting him. Same with Dorian Finney-Smith. And now the worst part of that all is that these two, these two guys have to get back on the plane, uh, and you know, go with the rest of the team. But uh, after the first quarter, we barely improved. We scored 18 points in the second quarter, and we were down by 20 points at half. I think it was 54 to 34. Uh, the only bright spot in the first half was that Cam Thomas came in the game, and he was making really, really tough shots. I mean, it was like right from the start. I think he had 8 to 10 points in the first quarter, and it's yeah. the Cam Thomas that we love. Uh, he was on fire this game, and it was good to see him you know, comfortable again. Uh, he ended the game with 26 points and just uh, kind of kept us afloat all game. But uh, just quickly, so if you didn't watch this game, uh, just – to understand the largest lead of the game was 26, but then the Nets actually fought back and got it down to with, within seven in the fourth quarter. So they did show some fight, but it's just, it's the story of the tale of two halves. I mean, you it's easy to come back in the NBA when you're shooting a ton of threes and the defense lets up on the other side. So it's just another pathetic performance by the Nets where they, you know, they claw back and they pick up stats that, you know, aren't really warranted. And, uh, 
it was it was a bad loss. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's not. I'm, I'm sick yeah, of this I mean, team. I'm sick of this team. I mean, this is this is why, and I know that you might not agree with this, but uh, this is why you trade for Donovan Mitchell, right? Like he's got Darius Garland, Evan but, Mobley, the two the two guys behind them, like out, and he he still provides uh that that edge that you need and he kind of just took them on on his back and 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 that was it you know like no i I mean there's there's no world in my opinion where we go trade for donovan mitchell and give up and don't give up some phoenix picks so i mean i'm not trading for him if that's why i can't stand when people say that because i just don't think it's realistic i don't think we're in a position to be giving up those phoenix picks just so we can get knocked out in the first round. Because let's say we added Donovan Mitchell to the team we watched tonight, that team still isn't a contender. I, 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 I just I disagree a little bit because we see the type of production that Cam Thomas can bring on the court, right, when he comes on there. And, like, that could just be multiplied by 10 if you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell out there on the court playing alongside, you know, like Bridges or, or whoever, right? Um, but I mean that that's that that's a story. I'm not for saying you won't be better, but, but if you think that if you think it that, that this Nets team with Donovan Mitchell can compete with the likes of the Nuggets and the Bucks and the Celtics, I'm just gonna respectfully no, disagree. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that you plug Donovan Mitchell into this team and and now all of a sudden we're championship contenders. But I think that he could be one of the first pieces. Well, I guess Bridges would be one of the would be the first piece, but then he would be the second piece as a number two or a number one, and then you start bringing in more guys around them. Because right now we don't have a scorer, right? Like, I, I think Bridges started like 0 for 7 again, and and, yeah. and then he just finishes a 6 for 18 from the field. Like, it's just, it's constant. And, and the one Bridges thing that I will the, say. I was going to say quickly, Bridges had the worst 26-point game I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, it was I, like, I, he was a free-throw merchant in the end of the fourth quarter when the game was over. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he awfully today. Exactly. He, he he went to the line. I don't know how how many times in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I mean that's that's where he gets his twenty six. So you, again, he's shooting I think thirty three percent from the field. So it's just not good when your best player or your supposed best player is doing that. Um, but but I will say another thing is this just reinforced how much I miss Karis Levert. I mean, on defense, he could put the ball in, in the bucket. Like I know he went five for fourteen from the line, but like. He was just doing things out there that would just just help Donovan Mitchell. He was hitting clutch threes when they needed him, and it you know it's just. I'll say this: it Jared wasn't Allen like too. Of, I mean, Jared Allen was killing us on the boards in the first quarter. Yeah, the former the former Nets looked good tonight, but at the end of the day, like I was watching this game, and it's just an, it was an ugly basketball game. I mean, both teams only had sixteen assists. It's just one-on-one, one-on-one on each side, you know, whether it's Kyrie Levert or Donovan Mitchell or Mikhail Bridges or Cam Thomas. Like, there wasn't really a good flow to this basketball game at all. The offense was relatively low uh, besides the end of the fourth quarter when both teams were stat padding a little bit. Uh, but just from our side, like, you know, the Twins, uh, they're just the, – you said earlier, like, the supposed best player on our team. That's all the supposed things that, like, Nets fans came into the season thinking and maybe the coaching staff in the front office. That needs to be completely thrown out the window because Mikael Bridges has shown us on a night to night that he can't be a star. And then that's no, that's not, that's fine. Like Mikael Bridges is definitely a good basketball player and someone you want on your team. And even with him not being a star, he's still on a great contract. But between that and the fact that Cam Johnson's a guy that every other game 
doesn't play in in crunch time and doesn't play in the fourth quarter. You know, there are two highest paying guys besides besides Ben Simmons, and they don't do shit for us. They do they like they don't just not do anything for us. Like they don't do what they're expected. They do less than expected, and uh, you know, it's just those guys need to be on the table for trades too. Is my overall point. Like there needs to be no more best play. He's supposed to be the best player. He should be taking all the shots. Like in my opinion, when we get back, Cam Thomas needs to be in the starting lineup in the first game. I mean, like, I don't know what we're doing here. And I think Noah Clowney and all these G League guys need to come up as well. Like, I don't know what we're doing here playing Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie and, like, seeing what we have with Royce. Like, we should be getting rid of these guys, playing our young guys, seeing what we got. Like, and, you know, there needs to be a plan and there needs to be it soon because I think I speak for all Nets fans. I don't get excited when this team plays well. I don't get sad when we don't play well. I'm just kind of over what we've got right now because we're stuck. Yeah. I, I mean, I I completely agree. We're 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 in a holding pattern here, and we're going to be in a holding pattern for the next three and a half weeks, I think. But for me, I I, I said it last week. Why were these guys, you know, glued to the bench? You know, in Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas, I forget. I think it was an Portland game on Sunday. Regardless of of their production, they're they're the only guys that create their own shots. And if the shots are not going in, you have to play these guys, right? So like. If if Spencer's not gonna play, then it, like if he's not gonna be out there to create an old shot and like be a ball handler, then wh- like what is he doing on this team? Like wh- like what what like I, I just don't understand it. And, and like luckily today, like you see the difference that like playing a guy like Watford does. Like he he provides energy that we need, you know. And 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 it's just consistent with like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 even when like the whole Claxton thing happened, where he like. You know, Tristan Tom uh, Thompson bumps into him, and 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 the first guys you see that are are, are in his face are are Dennis Smith Jr., Harry Giles, right? Like right. those are guys that are fighting for your team. You didn't see anybody else like defending. You know, it's just it, it's such a f- frustrating thing. And and on the camp Camp Thomas front, I know you you, you want him in the starting lineup. They they asked him that uh, right after the game, and he said for a while we were starting him, but we're just pretty small, and it was tough for us to rebound. Are you saying they actually don't get it? Who cares if who who cares if we can't rebound when they're scoring every time down the court? I, I know, don't right? get it. I, I don't get it. I mean, Jock Vaughn will come up with every excuse in the book not to start. You know uh, what I would say: sixty percent or seventy percent of Nets world think is our best player. That's twenty-two years old, but instead we start. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, who we've been watching since twenty nineteen, throw lobs over the backboard. Uh, so it's pretty frustrating. And I'll say this. I don't know if you like we're watching too much of, uh, you know, the end of the game. I feel like when Cam Thomas gets going uh, offensively, he starts passing the ball better, too. Like he was finding Claxton and then he only had two assists. But if you were watching, you'd see he'd actually can play make once he gets comfortable and gets that confidence. And it's something that this Nets team is consistently trying to take away from him. Uh, so I he think- actually played great. Just like I want to make this overall point that he played great with the second team. Him, Lonnie Walker, Watford, all three of those guys had a great night. Yeah, I think, and and I think you see it like even even when even even in Bridges, like when Bridges is not like the main guy, like on the court, or doesn't think he needs to be the main guy, because when like Spencer Dinwiddie's the ball handler out there, and like Mikel Bridges thinks that he needs to be that, go and get the ball more often than not. Like you see Bridges even like elevates his game a little bit because then he he can make those cuts behind and and he. He can get to his spots and then drive to the basket and go to the free throw line, which we saw a lot in the fourth quarter. But yeah, I mean, Cam Thomas played great. The only thing that I'll say about Cam is like once he gets on that like that like like fire mode or whatever you want to call it, like he goes heat check mode. 
he, he tends to look for the heat check more than he tends to look for guys open in the corner. Right. And there was a couple of times where he could have found the guys in the corner, but I'm okay with that. Like that's just a development process. And like this year should be all about two things, development and seeing what we got. And we already seen what we've got from Dinwiddie and Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney Smith. Like it's time to assess like the Lonnie Walkers and the Watfords of the world, the Jalen Wilsons. Like was Jalen Wilson on the team today? Or was he no? They didn't. They didn't bring any of the G League guys to Paris because they had to play in the G League game, and you know it's it's pretty crazy. Crazy. They didn't even want to bring Clowney right after what happened with Daron Sharp. I don't know if it was like a logistical travel issue, uh, but yeah, I mean you're right. We've seen what we have in Dinwiddie. We've seen what we have in Royce, and like you could even almost say we've seen what we've had in Cam Johnson and Bridges, and they shouldn't be people that are off the table. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're great culture fit. Like the culture is great, and they're great guys to have on your team but the main goal is to win basketball games and I know you don't do that at any cost as we know from the big three like there needs to be a median in between having this great culture and fighting hard and being good guys and actually finding guys that are going to help us win basketball games so yeah uh, and- to me if it's me I'm trying I'm you know if I don't I, I get rid of Royce O'Neal right now I get rid of Dorian Finney-Smith right now and I get rid of Den- Spencer Dinwiddie right now uh, Claxton, I'm not really too sure yet because I do think if we sign Claxton next year, they're still he's still tradable. But those three guys, I think I we need to get rid of, and we need to play Cam Thomas, Lonnie Walker, and Jalen Wilson, whoever a lot more, and and, and or or whoever uh, or whoever we get back in a trade as well, right? Like, right, it, it, right, like right now, like Dinwiddie when we look back at Dinwiddie's Brooklyn career, like he's going to be one of those first guys that you think of like in a Brooklyn uniform, just because of the longevity that he's played here. Um, and like what he meant to that, like Kenny, those Kenny Atkinson years, but like the ship has sailed on Dinwiddie in this role. He's not a true point guard. He's a combo guard. He's a catch and shoot guy. He plays off the ball. And, and he excelled in that when he played off Doncic, right? So like, I can see like, like every like a lot of people have mentioned like the like Miami Heat need a point guard like I don't think he would succeed in Miami I I I I don't think he can be a ball dominant guard I can see him succeeding like in in Golden State like running off Draymond and running off Curry and like those guys that I could see um or or even in or even with the Lakers with LeBron and stuff but like I don't see him as the ball dominant guard that he wants to be and it it just it's sad to see because like I thought he started off great with us especially when Ben went down but like he's just not it anymore you know the problem is like the teams that would really fit for Dinwiddie are teams that are competing to win now and he could help them maybe be an off the bench scorer and just an extra ball handler because Dinwiddie can still score the basketball and I, I don't yeah. think the way he's played recently kind of reflects who he is right now he's he's a bit better than that but he's he's making like well, I don't know, I like, what, like 15 to 20 million dollars and it's hard to find a team. Mil. Yeah, yeah, he's making 20 mil. And it's hard to find a team that's competing that has the cap space like that. Or just to make a trade like that works tough. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Sean Marks can do with him. Uh, but getting back to the game, I mean, I just think it's like, I'm so done, man. Like, I'm actually so done. Like, I think I need to start doing things during the game that, you know, that you just I put my phone away, I don't really watch, and I can just check the final update in the end because I'm fucking sick of watching this basketball. We team. we we really we really decided to start this uh this podcast in the like the worst year the worst year of Nets basketball in the last like eight 
Yeah, we might so be the least, we might be the only two fans they have left, honestly. But the end of the season, uh, it's, it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it's one. It's one of those things where, like, okay, K- Kenny Atkinson, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just double check this right now. But Kenny Atkinson, all right, was signed an extension in April of 2019. Two months later, right, he gets. Uh, they 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 sign KD and you know the whole the big three the clean sweep kind of thing, and it, it wasn't going terrible if I remember correctly that year. Uh, you know they didn't have Durant, Kyrie gets injured right, and it it, it just and he gets fired after like in I think in mid March like right before COVID shut us down. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, so it was like yeah, I think it, all right. The, his last win was against I forget who, but I mean we were like a couple games under five hundred, but we were still well in the playoff picture, and he gets canned, and we didn't have Kyrie, we didn't have KD, Dinwiddie went down with an injury that year already, and he still kept this team afloat, and they fired him, and obviously there's other reasons that he was fired because like KD and all those guys wanted. DeAndre Jordan, but like, why, why, why is Jack Jack Vaughn's leash so long? Like, this team is severely underperforming. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you can, you probably know this better than me, but aren't are we still paying Steve Nash? Like, yeah, I just pro- think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the Nets want to go out and pay a third separate coach because the fire Jack Vaughn, they're gonna have to pay him. He's not making a lot of money anyway, but then you're gonna have to go out and make a hire. Of someone that probably will have to, like, you know, get paid a lot. And right now, I mean, I think there's a chance that Joe Sine and Sean Marks know that Jock Vaughn's not the coach for this team, but they don't want to make another firing midseason after everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Yeah, but, but uh, that only, t- like, I don't, I don't know why he has such a long leash. I just don't think that this Nets team wants any more attention when it comes to that, that type of thing. I'm like, they don't want a coach that's going to be overbearing and over-controlling. We all know that Jock Vaughn just is a puppet for whatever Sean Marks thinks. Yeah, it's just, but like, yeah, but like the paying customer, right? Like if you're not going to put a good product on the floor, at least the paying customer needs to know what you're doing with their money. Um, And, and, and like, this well, team needs to make this team needs to show that they can play. First of all, you're in a big market. The Knicks own this market, right? And like the big three should have taken over a little bit more than they did. But there was so much drama along with that, right? You continue down this path, and like the Brooklyn Nets are are just even more second fiddle to the Knicks after what they've been doing in the last couple years. And you don't need to like hire the next guy tomorrow, but you need a coach in there that's going to get the most out of the current team that's on the floor. So, like to me, it doesn't make any sense because you want to fight for the play, and you and, and even like this this draft is supposedly not that great. So, like, but you don't want to just give Houston a top five pick because we were idi- no. idiots in two thousand one to to not protect. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like the direction of the team doesn't make well, sense. That's why I think the next month is the most, like one of the most important months since KD and Kyrie requested a trade. I mean, at the end of the day, getting all this stuff back for both of them, like I know on paper it looks good, but if Sean Marks doesn't handle the process the right way, we could see it not work out. And like AKA kind of how Philadelphia handled their system, you know, trust the process, but 
it's 12 years later and they still haven't done shit. Uh, I know it's a bit different because we're not fully tanking. The point is uh, we need to pick a direction soon. And that direction like might be making a decision on are Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson going to be part of this team's winning timeline or are they just a stepping stone to the next step? That doesn't mean you have to trade them this year, but the trades at the deadline should be should should make it clear to the fans, hey, we don't care about wins this season. We're just going to you know st- uh, stack up on draft picks and we'll be ready for season, you know, 27-28. Or hey guys, we actually want to win next season. We think we're one move away if we just make these moves. Maybe we can do this and then get Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. But at the end of the day, if they don't do anything, then you're like like your point said, they're not there's no reason for the paying customer to keep coming back because it's pathetic kind of the product that's on the court for us right now. Yeah. Like, like I've said before, like they're not, they have that, like whatever, 9 million gap between the tax or whatever. So like that's as far as they're going to go. They're not going to go over that. We already know that. And what direction can you go in? Like you're not, they're not going to get a superstar at the deadline unless, unless they go get Deontay Murray. And like, we can get into that in in a couple of minutes because Jake Fisher had the funniest, like quote that like it said nothing at all to me today about Murray but like unless you go get somebody like that who like for me is not really changing the world um Donovan Mitchell is not getting traded at the deadline Siakam we're not going to go grab I highly doubt because I just don't see that being the guy we go get with 31 at 31 years old so like who else you're going to get probably no one so like you're waiting until either the summer or next deadline to go grab somebody because there's a ton of free agents in the 25 uh, i would uh, even be uh, interested in trading like a similar to what the raptors and knicks just did right like getting someone that's on more of our timeline and whether that's like a mikhail bridges for anthony anthony simons type of deal i think that's something we should look into might not get back the better player but get back someone that could be yeah you know is younger and has a ton of potential uh similar to the og quickly traded but i mean I at think, the end of the day if i'm the nets front office i'm shopping all the guys i mentioned before and i'm making it clear that no matter who we go after unless it's like you know luka Doncic or a top five player in the league we do not give up a phoenix pick under any circumstances I, I agree. that's our gold mine and if we want to end up being a sustainable team down the road uh, that's what we need to build upon so uh, the only thing the only thing i would do is the only, the only thing you have to be careful with the, the, the Phoenix picks is they're in such disarray right now. They're, they're kind of a hot commodity. You don't want, you don't want them to figure it out over the next year. And it kind of lessens the value of those, but like, I would not give up the 27 or the 29, the, yeah, the 27 or the 29 pick, the 2025 pick. It's probably going to be, a, I think that's going to be the Cooper flag draft with uh, Dylan Harper, East Bailey, those guys. So like, that that'll probably be a good a good draft coming out next year, but I I just don't see it. And like even like I, I'm gonna go back to the Deontay Murray. Like Jake Fisher t- today was like Brooklyn has another pot- has been another potential Deontay Murray dis- destination mentioned by multiple league personnel as the Nets are seen as an ideal spot for Murray's side of this dynamic. But Brooklyn and Atlanta have haven't shared significant dialogue to this point, and the Nets don't appear to actively pers- don't beat don't appear to be actively pursuing Murray at this juncture. So that was a yeah, whole lot of a, nothing. I like that reporter. It seems like he does good work, but it seemed like yeah. it was completely a whole lot of nothing. It doesn't yeah. even make sense, really. I mean, I don't know who the Hawks would want from us. Like, I I don't really understand where the Hawks are going, uh, you know, with 
like well, wanting to trade Deontay Murray, but I don't think he fits. Like we'll talk about the Nets. I don't even think he fits the team. It's not someone I really like, think we should go after right now. I think it's kind of uh, redundant with some of the players we have. Just a, a bunch of long defenders who aren't that great of point of attack defenders. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all know like we need a point guard, and 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 like we mentioned uh, yesterday on Twitter, you know, we we should be expecting somebody big back on uh, or by the twenty third, um, barring any setbacks there. So like that'll be a much needed improvement. But at the end of the day, and we've said this multiple times, like we can't rely on Ben Simmons because. He looks like he's getting healthy, and and it sounds like he's going to be back very shortly. He he he's not reliable, and he most likely will get injured again. Even though you know his agent kind of said yesterday on Twitter that these are one offs, but like back injuries are not one offs, and this is now his like third time already. So we'll we'll see what's going to happen with that but like this team needs a point guard and we need a I mean, direction and 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 I think that what what you were saying before about the OG trade I, I think we could look at Oklahoma City and I know that there was kind of like speculation by Marks and Zach Lowe like going to get Case and Wallace like would be such a, I, I don't think I don't know if they're going to give him up but like if I'm Marks I'm on the phone seeing like how can I get Case and Wallace on this team and so I know like, Marks I was very interested in Case and Wallace but I know I mentioned like I I tweeted this trade machine tweet and I know like all Nets fans laugh at this, but Josh Giddy is currently playing in the NBA every single night, and that yeah. will not change for a long time. Uh, and Josh Giddy is a good young basketball player who's a great passer, a great facilitator, and someone who is kind of devalued at the moment, given everything that's going on off the court and the fact that Oklahoma City doesn't really have space for him. And they could definitely use people uh, on defense that could guard bigs and that's been clear with like Chet and everyone there, you know, they don't have their front court is probably their weakness. So I put in the trade machine, Dorian Finney-Smith for Josh Giddy and Trey Mann. Uh, and I threw in that Oklahoma City would add a first. Who knows if they do that, but I think that's another trade we could look into. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Josh Giddy behind the scenes, but the fact of the matter is, is that every day that, you know, goes by, people forget about it more and more. And, uh, He's playing every night, so uh, you know, obviously the Nets would have to look into it before making a trade like that. And I don't want to say Josh Giddey's innocent, like obviously not. Uh, but you know, he's a good young basketball player at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, on on the Josh Giddey front, <clears throat> people think that this happened like a couple months ago. Like th- this happened before last season even ended. Right. Uh, it just it it just wasn't out in the open, and 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 the girls' parents don't even want to deal with the investigation because I mean. Mo- I'm not going to speculate what happened, but like we were all young ones and we all have, we all had fake IDs at one point. Right. So like, it just is what it is. Um, he's a great player. And obviously if the Nets are going to make a move for him, like there needs to be serious, 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 serious investigation into it and make sure that nothing outside of what he's being accused of happened. Um, yeah, we don't because really. Need was, to, like, we don't need to get into it for too much. But no, no. I'm just gonna say, like, I was there on Friday. I was there on Friday night when they played Oklahoma, and like the whole arena booed him. So, like, it, it's 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 a sore subject, obviously, for a lot of people, and rightfully so. So, like, it's 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 a it's a scary thing to say to bring him in, but like, just basketball, just basketball. Like, he's obviously a good player. But I, for me personally, I would go get Kaysen. Michael Michael K always loves to say on his radio show that if uh, the front offices of teams listened to their fans, they'd come in last place every single year. Yeah. Uh, and so, he's right. He's right. Uh, at the but just like looking forward a little bit, it's not going to get any better for this team. 
Uh, I mean, I agree with your point on Ben Simmons. He obviously will help this team if he plays. Who knows if that'll come uh, when we think it's going to come against the Knicks. But just to read it off for the listeners, our next like five to ten games goes, uh, we're at home against Miami. That's probably a loss. We're at Portland. Let's hope that's a win. We're at the Lakers. That's a loss. At the Clippers, that's a loss. Uh, we're at home against the Knicks. That's probably a loss. We're at home against the Timberwolves. That's probably a loss. We're at home against the Rockets. That's probably a loss. And then I'll, you know, we have the Jazz at home. You know, I'll say win just for the fans that are listening, just to not upset them. And then we play Phoenix again as a primetime game at home, and that'll probably be a loss on the 31st. So I think we're winning one or two more games for the rest of January. <laughs> Oh, I well, just yeah, it's just it's. I know. They I don't pay at us the, enough. They don't pay us enough. I looked. I looked at the schedule as well, and it, yeah, it's just it's unless there's like that's why I'm saying like there needs to be something to like excite the fan base, and like I'm not saying just I'm not saying to make a move just to make a move. Obviously, it needs to be like in the right way, but a, a move needs to be made. Um, yeah, I, the front office just needs to give the fans a plan, something to look forward to, something to think about. Uh, yeah. You know, just make it clear that we shouldn't be upset when we lose, and that we shouldn't be happy when we win because it's yeah. You know, I mean, we're, driving, we're, moving, we're driving we're ourselves further and further down the standings. And but uh, thank you everyone for listening, Matt. Thank you for hopping on after the game. Uh, we'll be back before the Heat game on Monday, and we'll be dropping a Monday pod. Uh, but as always, follow us on uh, all socials. And, uh, you know, I'm done saying it. I'm not saying go nuts anymore. Bye. <laughs>